part that probably took me the longest trying to find like listen to like the dominant take and then just talk about it because sometimes with a lot of these deathcore bands and this is not a bad thing like i use vocal i use vocal layers all the time right so i do the same thing but um you know they'll have like minimum minimum two but oftentimes four vocal layers so i listened for the for the main vocal layer and i talk about that one and then i just ignore the others i'm like okay we're not talking about that we're just talking about the main one because that's what's what everybody's hearing and that probably took me like Ooh, to get really just comfortable doing it, maybe like a year. Welcome back to the Headbangers podcast, where you host Nathan and Brad. Here today, we're joined by Mark from the Cardavox Academy and Cardashev. How are you doing, man? Start off with. I'm doing well. I'm a little tired. I got a little bit of a cough. So if I do have to cough, I'll lean away from the mic so as not to blow anybody's ears out. But I'm good. Happy to be here. Thank you all for your time. Oh, thank enjoy. you very much as well. Um, so let's start with like a little icebreaker. Um, what's your funniest gig, tour story, um, any gig experience? What's the, just the funniest thing that sticks out in your mind here? Oh, okay. So I have one. I actually have one for this. So it would be when we played uh, Tech Fest. So back in, I think in, tw in 2015, we played UK Tech Fest. And um, we had never played a stage that big. And we were on the side stage. We weren't on the main stage. We were on the side stage. And it was actually pretty cool. We had a, we had a decent, uh, decent turnout. We had some people drive in from like Wales and Scotland and stuff to, to see us. So that was really neat. But not ever being on a stage that, that size, we didn't think about the like physical logistics. And so, you know, the low end of the show, the bass, the kick drums, all this, it made the stage shake a lot. Well, we were running backing tracks on our laptop that had a disk drive. And uh, so the stage would shake, the disk drive would skip, and the music would just cut out um, whenever anything big happened. You know, so if there's like a moment where it's like, da da dum da bop, boom, and everything hits, the, the whole set would just go silent. Um, and uh, I was really nervous. So we got a recording back, and some of my vocals sounded like absolute dog shit because, like, I'd never played something that big before and they were like yo like we took this recording we'll sell it to you and i was like just burn it just burn the whole thing <laughs> in the furnace <laughs> yeah it was it was like the most fun i've ever had and we weren't too worried about it because we were like you know shit just chalk that up to lack of experience um it was it was one of the most fun experiences i ever had but it was also like objectively one of our worst shows we've ever played so yeah that would be that was that was, that was a good one <laughs> i don't know so, yeah. been to tech fest to be honest um i think me and nathan have talked about it, haven't we but it's just a bit out of the way for us but every time i see the lineup it just looks absolutely stacked so i imagine mm -hmm. playing it must be pretty cool as well oh yeah it's it's super fun uh the bathroom situation is is rough um as expected yep <laughs> it's 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 rough we like we actually a couple times would like wait we would like coordinate so it'd be like hey you gotta go Okay, no, I do. All right, no, I can probably hold it for like about 15, 20 more minutes. And then we would get in the car and we'd drive to like the nearest like populated place and just use the bathrooms there. Uh, but the, the lineup was, yeah, the lineup was really cool that year. Oh, yeah. We, we've always, like, like Brad said, we've always been super tempted to go, but we're, all, we're also incredibly lazy when it comes to travel. So like, <laughs> it's like, if it's not in like, an, like, a, like a decent vicinity away from like where we're based, we'll be like, uh well maybe in the future we'll get around to it all right so this is this is always a fun question that i that i like to ask so for for and we'll we'll go as we'll go in 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 uh terms of time because if you say kilometers i'm not gonna know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> um but uh what 
as far as travel time is a decent vicinity to you an hour like if it's an hour like there and back i can just about do it yeah but like, like anything more miles that, 50 nah. miles pretty good really Open more. oh nah. that's so that's so funny because like over here now objectively this is worse because it means our cities are not walkable really at all and there's like so much pavement it's like hot everywhere but for us an hour like that's like ah you know that's 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 a decent drive but it's like nothing it's like nothing so it's always it's always interesting but again it comes at the expense of uh not so good infrastructure sometimes so oh yeah I, I always like find that so funny like the difference between like like britain and like america because it's yeah. like we we can like i we complain all the time going oh there's no like drummers in like in leeds but you'll get like a drummer that's in like london you're like yeah but that's like three hours away meanwhile you've got bands <laughs> that are in like different states so it's like it's like an eight hour drive between it but yeah. they manage we just go yeah, but three hours. Oh no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> it's yeah. like what? Um, it's it's so funny. We've got we, we've literally like one of the smallest countries, but like and anywhere anything above an hour, it's like ah, nah, I'm gonna give it a miss. Yeah, I think yeah. it's because our, our our public transport as well. If you have to use that, is completely fucked. So mm. like like and it might be like oh yeah, it takes an hour to get there on the bus, but it'll take like another forty five minutes for that bus to even get to you. So it's like ah, oh gotcha. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. Oh, that makes a little sense. Yeah, it, it, it's honestly fucked. But um, I want to sort of go into your YouTube channel a little bit as well, like to sort sure. of open it up. And we got into it a bit before um, when I got obviously a big massive thank you for like putting out those videos because, you know, if it wasn't like for you, I probably wouldn't be doing screaming or anything like that. So, Whoa. Um, oh no, honestly, I struggled for years trying to like mimic bands. And always uh, would just fucking throw out my voice so much to the point where I was there, like, can I even do this? And I think I bought the art of screaming. I found that helped a little bit. But then uh -huh. I found, like, when I actually watched someone break down techniques from vocalists that I, had, I also admired, you know, like, it really helped me. Um, so I kind of want to get into, like, what was, like, your thought process when you started the YouTube channel? Um, yeah. You know, sure. like, stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Um, So... It's it's a it's kind of a long story that I will I will you know sort of condense for you a little bit but basically like um I was just really fucking sick of I'm assuming I can drop f bombs on your oh show. yeah yeah oh of course you can say whatever you want <laughs> all right hell yeah um so uh, I was just really I was really fucking sick of corporate life because I've never really been good at like any sort of like desk job. You know what I mean? Um, and like, it's it's funny. I'm like a really level-headed dude, but I've got a little bit of like an authority problem. Um, if Same like, here. yeah, like if I feel, and this is going to sound super pompous and it, it's not, but like, if I feel like that person does not deserve to be in charge of me, I have a real hard time following their instruction. And so, you know, like in a corporate setting, somebody would be like, Hey, this is the new policy. And I would be the guy in the meeting who's like, that's literally worse. Um, that is, that is literally a dumb idea. Why are we doing that? And they'd be like, well, you know, this is just being passed down. It's like, Oh my God. So we're doing something that none of us know why we're doing it. And it's making things worse. Great. Um, and so I was just, you ain't going to get promoted that way. Um, you know, you're, you're not going to make it through corporate America very well that way, depending on the industry, I guess. Um, and then, so at some point, uh, Kardashev, we released a playthrough of me doing a song called beyond sun and moon out in the, um, woods. And the reception to that was really, really great. 
right? Um, the reception to that was really, really good, uh, which is interesting because like objectively, it's not a very good performance. I was super, super overheated. I was super uh, tired. I'm out of shape. So I was like huffing and puffing. And that meant a lot of my singing was like kind of flat. Um, but people were like really kind about it and they really liked it. And so I, I remember thinking to myself like, well, shit, like if people think this is really good, and like I actually like in a better environment could show them something that is actually objectively pretty good. And I've got, you know, a little bit of schooling under my belt. So I understand how this stuff works. Maybe, maybe I could start like a vocal coaching thing because at the time, like um, at the time, like I think that probably the biggest person on YouTube doing harsh vocal stuff was uh, Mary Z voice hacks. Mm. Um, and uh, I was like, maybe I could do something like that. Maybe I could do something like that. So I probably took since from there, I probably took about a year uh, just studying, uh, making sure I was filling the gaps. I knew a lot, but there was there were a couple gaps in my knowledge I needed to fix um, and then taking on free students, charging them nothing uh, because I was like, well, I got to make sure I can actually do this. <clears throat> and then the idea was to supplement YouTube videos um, and then skipping a lot of stuff. Um, I met uh, I met a guy, Alex Carter who lives out uh, in the UK as well. He's my business partner. And he was like, yo, we should try reaction videos, see how that goes. And they went well. And so I was like, okay, we could do reaction videos and maybe like we'll never be the biggest reaction channel, but that will funnel lessons and get me out of the corporate grind. And sure enough, it did. So that's that's the long, still long, but short version of, of why that all happened. I was sick of corporate America. I recognized that I had a skill. I practiced it, it worked and here we are. That's really exciting, to be honest. Um, I love that like, any story when you just escape from like the office lifestyle and you manage to do what you do. And it's, it's great because everybody has their own different origin story. Like, you know, I because I do like video stuff and I get fucking frustrated because I'm like, when's my when's my opportunity going to come? And just like I've been working in like, you know, an office sort of scenario as well, retail. And then mm. I managed to like actually get a job doing something creative. So I'm, I'm so excited to just leave that sort of mundane Good business behind and just like actually start something fresh but it is interesting because like you, you never know when it's going to come and it, everyone's story is different and that's what i find very appealing it's nice yeah for sure that's exciting that you got a more creative focused job because like yo that that corporate it can you know and it's it's good it yeah not for us not yeah, for yeah. <laughs> i i still sort of work in in a in a corporate like sort of environment i i because I, i'm a, i'm an it guy like through the day um so it's like not that bad now because i work for like a really small small sort of business so like everyone knows each other so it's not like you're getting like shit passed down like the the guy who runs the business will literally just tell you oh yeah this is how i'm gonna do stuff it's like okay yep no worries and he gets um, free crates of beer <laughs> yeah hey, and we get go. free crates of beer every now and again we've got one of our one of our clients is like a beer company so like whenever it's like christmas or something like that we all get like a a, a massive case of beer under our desks so he's like, That's it's dope. pretty good. They rented out an arcade for us last week. Um, you know, like they 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 treat us well. So yeah, I'm just hoping like still the like podcast and all that. But I'd love to do that full time. So you never know, you never know. But yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You got to keep you got to keep at it and and see where it goes. But hell yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I wanted to ask as well because um, I'm obviously like Nathan. I've just been watching videos all through COVID. I think that's when I first discovered you, and I was just like, right, I've got plenty of time to sit and just do nothing, and I just watch like tons and tons. I was just so impressed, and the thing that I find most admirable is just the fact that you can just listen to a vocal pattern or a vocal technique, and you're like, that's that one, 
or like they'll just like those they'll start screaming a bunch of noise and you're like yeah that's this that's this and you'll start to deconstruct it and how long did that take for it to become second nature that you could just listen to a vocalist spout out a part and you're like right that's the vocal fire or that's this or that's that you know sure um so <clears throat> hmm it took a little while um, and you know, one thing that, that is important to note is I do get stuff wrong sometimes. Like sometimes I'll talk with the vocalist and they'll be like, they'll be like, Hey, like you said this and it sounds really similar. I'm actually doing this and they're, you know, and then they're very cool about it. And then we have a cool conversation, but, uh, but I do get stuff wrong sometimes. Um, but, uh, so I went to, to answer that question, I went to school for speech therapy and speech science. I didn't finish my degree because I got super sick and I had to drop out. So I kind of came in with a little bit of, of an advantage, right? I, I, I kind of already knew what vocal fry was as far as the register. I knew what the false chords were. I knew the anatomy of the throat. I knew what creates distortion. Um, the tricky thing for me was a lot less being able to be like, that's a fry scream, that's a false chord scream, and listening through production. That was the hardest part because like, if you've got a raw vocal track, you can hear what's going on. But if you've got like a wall of sound, six vocal layers, maybe three of them are fry, three of them are false chord. Uh, and then there's like, you know, a synth over top. You're just like, what the fuck am I even listening <laughs> to? Right. That's when it got got hard. And so that's the part that probably took me the longest trying to find like listen to like the dominant take and then just talk about it. Because sometimes with a lot of these deathcore bands and this is not a bad thing, like I use vocal, I use vocal layers all the time. Right. So I do the same thing. But um you know, they'll have like minimum, minimum two, but oftentimes four vocal layers. So I listened for the, for the main vocal layer and I talk about that one. And then I just ignore the others. I'm like, okay, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about the main one. Cause that's what's what everybody's hearing. And that probably took me like, Ooh, to get really just comfortable doing it. Maybe like a year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's really interesting could... about the, the, the background that we're doing speech therapy. And I guess that kind of helps, uh, it's, it's interesting that that's the, the origin story for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I never did speech therapy. I, I never, so I, I always tell people like, I'm not a speech therapist. I'm not certified. I did a lot of schooling. I got about halfway up through my senior year. And then I got, like I said, super sick. And I, that was kind of killed that. Um, so I've never actually like given the therapy. That's an yeah. important note. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it's, it is kind of mad, like sort of watching you break it down. Cause like I, I, I said, I, I learned a lot from doing it, but I remember when Brad wanted to learn how to do vocals. We, I, I think Brad knows what knows what's coming. Mm. But like, we, he, I remember it was just after we did like I think like episode two of like the podcast, and he was there like, so like, how did you, how did you learn how to do screaming and all that? I was like, oh yeah, well, like one great YouTube channel to check out. I gave him, I gave him like your YouTube channel, Mike. Like, but like, uh -huh. he went, how do you get it from like the diaphragm? I don't know where the diaphragm is. I'm like, well, one tip I, I found out was like putting like your fingers in your hips like sort of like below your yeah. hips and barking and then just feeling the muscles sort of go and like yeah. i remember me and brad for like <laughs> 10 minutes was just like barking at each other in his room <laughs> and he's like yeah my nerves must have been so trying, confused, I just like, can you feel yeah. where the diaphragm is now brad and he's there like, <laughs> like okay. yeah, it's yeah on, it was honestly so funny that's hilarious and that's kind of like how my approach is like you know i with with like baseline vocals like I like very much, and it's not just me, like it's a lot of people, but I like to base it very much on what we already do naturally, right? Because like, I'm not going to do it obviously into the mic because it'll fuck your levels and make editing a pain. <laughs> but like, you know, if you like, if you saw Brad, you know, uh, like 
across the street and you wanted to call out to him, you would engage your core and you'd be using your diaphragm, right? You wouldn't, you can't like actually feel your diaphragm, but you'd be using it, right? It's getting people to realize that they, for usually, some people are really soft-spoken, but most people, like 90% of people, they actually already know how to do a lot of the stuff for screaming. It's just putting it in the context of like being intentional, right? One analogy I use with my students is if like I put my arms up and stretch and link my hands, I'm just stretching. If I hold that for five minutes, now I'm doing yoga, right? Um, so it's kind of like that. If I just kind of like grunt, ugh, right? I'm just grunting. If I hold it for like, you know, a couple seconds and think about balance and projection, well, now I'm false chord screaming, right? So. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it is so, it was, it is so interesting. Um, sort of seeing you figure it out. Um, I want to also ask, like, obviously like you, you obviously you're in Kardashev, um, mm -hmm. and obviously you've also got a full-time YouTube channel. What's like the biggest challenge of sort of managing both of those, like at the same time, I imagine mm -hmm. it gets like pretty hectic sometimes. It, it does, you know, so actually a lot of the brain of Kardashev is Nico. Um, Nico is the, the, the main composer. He writes a lot of the music. Uh, like I might have like, like I might write like one section of a song across like four songs. I might write like one guitar lead or make, make a suggestion, but what I like actually write is not very much. It's probably about three percent of the final composition that you hear other than my mm -hmm. vocal lines i write my own lyrics and my melodies and all that um nico also does a lot for the uh the promotion and everything like that um and that's kind of the way that we've structured it um because i you know, have a full-time business like you said i've got a kid on the way sean our drummer he's got three kids in a full-time business right so um alex is in a band called holy fun and he's on the road so we all kind of talked about it and nico was like well let's make kardashev like mostly me and then you guys almost like kind of work as contractors and we were like yeah that makes a lot of sense so that's kind of that's how we do it it can get tough like just the other day i i put in 11 hours um which was a lot but um it's not too bad it's not too bad really it's just one of the best skills I've learned for work, for like life balance, not just work life balance, is just saying no, saying no to stuff. Like, you know, somebody might be like, yo, I need you to do this. And you look at your other priorities and you just tell them no. <laughs> right? Um, and sometimes that's, sometimes I'll tell people no, because like, I need to get some video games in or else my brain is going to explode. <laughs> right. It's like, no, I can't. I'm busy. What are you busy doing? Literally nothing. Like, like <laughs> turning my brain off is an important part of my day. Um, yeah, so it's 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 tricky, but it's it's manageable. Yeah, I think it's saying no is definitely important sometimes because it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Um, you kind of feel sometimes like you have to do everything right now at once, and that's yeah. the way. Like you, there's either two ways: either you just burn yourself out because you do everything at once, or you just like you think about everything that you need to do, so you just do nothing. Which right. I kind of encompass both. So it just depends on what day I feel. But yeah, you're right. You need to have time to like just chill out, play some Elden Ring, and just you know do nothing. It's just very therapeutic and enjoyable. Exactly. Yes. And seconded on Elden being strangely infuriating, yet also therapeutic. It's weird, but it's very true. true. Oh, no, yeah, I, I can't play any of the, the sort of soul games. <laughs> yeah, no, me and, me and Brad have spoke about it in, in depth so many times where I'm there like, I was like, it's not even that I dislike the games. I'm just not the right person for it because I'll obsess, I'll obsess about it. And then like, I'll get so angry <laughs> about not being able to beat like one boss. I'll stay on it until like God knows how late in, at night trying to focus it. And before I know it, it'll be like, there's white knuckle in the controller 
after my yeah. 54th time trying to do one boss. So I'm there. I, I said to Brad, it's not like I even dislike the games. It's just that like I know my brain and my brain's not right for the game. So I, I, would, I would just avoid it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to be the same with Souls Likes game. And it's weird. Like, I'm going to totally tell this story a little over the top and a little over exaggerated, but that's because it. it's more interesting that way. But I had like a philosophical like life moment in Elden Ring. I was like, because uh, I tried Bloodborne, I tried Dark Souls 3, and I never finished them for those reasons. It's the same reason, same. right? And then I remember like Elden Ring was just good enough to keep me there, right? And um, I remember I had saved up like a ton of, a ton of uh, runes, not souls, runes. I'd saved up a ton of runes and, and, you know, made it so far. And then I got to the boss and I died. Right. And then I went back to get my runes died again. So those runes are gone. Like all fucking like, you know, 200,000 runes gone. And I remember feeling good. I remember being like, wow, now that I've lost, <laughs> now that I've lost everything, there's no stress with this boss. Like I'm not stressed, like losing, like dying doesn't matter. And so like for the rest of the game, I was just like, dying doesn't fucking matter. And I would do these like crazy hard boss fights and I'd be like, it's all good, man. It's all good. And I actually found myself getting through bosses a little bit easier, a little bit faster, except for a couple of them. Just Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. It's yes. I think that's the reason why me as well. Um, I've cling to this game a lot more than the other dark souls because you know you could keep challenging a boss and boss over and over again in the previous games like you'd have no choice but to follow that linear path and that's it and this one like you can just fuck off and do like a side quest for a bit you can gather some material you can just run around and do nothing really um oh yeah or you can do the boss um sometimes i do get into the swing of just trying it over and over again and then i get frustrated but I like the option of that I don't have to do that. I can just explore if I want to. And I think that's why yeah. it's the better game of all of them. Yeah. You get like an anime hero arc. You know, you can't beat the guy. And then you go up to the mountains, you train, you come back, you kick his ass. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's how it is. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I, uh, I had to get refunded because I was like, I already <laughs> felt like this obsession. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think I, I can't remember how long you can play it for before you, can, you can't get it refunded. But I think it was, I think it was just along that barrier. And I was there like, no, I can already feel, I can already feel like something like ticking in my brain. So I'm there like, I'm just going to refund it. So then I can't play it again. <laughs> so I had to do that and then just downloaded No Man's Sky instead. And I was like, you know what? This is, this is going to be the obsession now. <laughs> Peace of yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, just cause I, I there's some, there's some of that goes on like with those types of like games, like it happened with, a it happened with a, the Fallen Order game. Um, oh, the, the Star yeah. Wars one. It happened with that, and that was the only one like sort of I finished. Um, I say finished. I got to the last boss, turned down the difficulty, tried it another like twenty times, and then went fuck it. I'm watching the ending on YouTube. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it's just something that happens. I don't know why. I just get so obsessed with trying to get past like one point. I think yeah. it's because in my brain, if if I don't get past that one point even though I can fuck off and do something else, it feels like something's not complete. Mm. So like I have to do it. So I, I just, I, I can't, I can't play those types of games. I just, sure. I think it'll just, it fucks me up. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you for sure. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely loving the new single, by the way, Glass Phantoms. I think it sits oh, on the you. fence of being like um, therapeutic, but also goes really hard. It's like a weird sort of balance and it goes so well. Um, like lyrically then for you and just the concepts of the upcoming release um, what was inspiring you for it like what just inspires you in general to, to write lyrics about um, that's kind of tough because 
I often don't really know what I'm writing about until like I'm partway through. Um, But I think that um, a lot of the lyrics, so in Kardashev, we have like two separate things, right? We've got like the Kardashev mythos, right? And that's like the sci-fi stories that follow characters and stuff. And then we have the non-Kardashev mythos, which is not really, there's nothing sci-fi about it. There's nothing fancy about it. Um, And that's where Liminal Right uh, it, it sits. And usually with those, I'm often writing about, um, like my own issues a little bit slash mm-hmm. like societal issues, how creative I know. Um, but you know, what, what liminal right eventually ended up being about was it was, uh, it was kind of about like an unhealthy obsession with the past. Like, you know, sometimes like, and, and I do this a lot because I, I was lucky enough to have a really dope childhood, like really good. Not everybody has that, but mine was awesome, right? Um, I was in a very small community with only people who like mostly cared about each other. Um, my my world was very small and comfortable and certain, you know. And then I got to college, and life just, you know, from from the age of twenty to to almost thirty four now, life has just become more confusing and more chaotic. And the older I get, the less I the less I feel like I know what's going on, and the less control I feel like I have. And so sometimes what I'll do is I will, I will uh, kind of get stuck in the past because it's comfortable, right? Like it's okay to have like our old favorite games that we like and watch an old show, but sometimes like I will I'll I'll exist in twenty twenty two, but emotionally and mentally I'm in like. 1998 right um and that's not healthy so um the album is kind of like an an allegorical story of this older man who his life sucks for reasons we don't know um but he goes back home trying to reclaim the comfort and the certainty that he had when he was a kid obviously that's impossible right the house is overgrown nobody lives there anymore it's falling apart and um there are some things from my life that I've sort of interjected, although the family, the family that he's remembering isn't a one for one with my family. Like in the album, he, he remembers accidentally killing his brother. I never had a brother that I accidentally killed. So that's good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so basically like taking something that I struggle with and sort of amplifying it. And I think that, you know, an unhealthy obsession with the past is also present somewhat societally as well you know oh, like yeah. everything oh, yeah. everything is a sequel everything is a um a remake is a sequel a remake but i think even like yeah. more deeply as well like um not like i'm not going to try to get too political on you guys but like if you think about it a lot of like the far right stuff like it's like clinging on to these old traditions that like are clearly and objectively no not useful um they're they're not useful they don't help anybody you know they're like well that's my heritage it's like so what like okay your heritage sucks you know what i mean <laughs> like those people were garbage um you know and so just remembering the past fondly can be useful but obsessing over the past can be detrimental and it can make you remember the past incorrectly um and so the album's kind of about that and that's kind of Mom. where i drew my inspiration I'm totally feeling that, to be honest, because I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to, including myself. Um, I, I think when you think to the past, it can sometimes be like a safeguard, you know? And I think, yeah. like I said, watching old show, old album, thinking about these fond memories. Um, but then sometimes if you really think about it too much, I think you're doing it because you're scared of the future and what tomorrow is going to be. 
so you don't want to think about it at all and then that ends up just being bad on both sides but yeah. i think that's an interesting concept like the whole thing about it being overgrown and like you know you're trying to recreate something that's not going to be the same anymore so yeah, yeah. i'm totally feeling that i can't wait to to listen to some of the lyrics yeah well thanks i appreciate it and you know it's difficult because like it is also important to remember the past because yeah. like you know then we can we can there are a lot of things that we can learn and carry forward like you know we can carry forward the best parts of of like society with, and leave the bad parts in the past like you know there were a lot of cool things about the roman empire but let's let's leave Colosseums, you know let's let's leave that back there um so yeah well i'm, I'm glad it vibes i'm glad it vibes with you man that's awesome oh yeah i think it's i think it I, you know also on your point of like i feel like society is obsessed with the past like it, it that like 100 rings true because i always like like I, I i just saw the advert for like the new top gun i was uh, just thinking did that need to be made like the yeah. after like, so long as well after so yeah, long. Like, i was there like did it did it need to and then i watched it it's pretty fucking good like, but totally. like, it, it's really good but like, totally. i was there like that it just feels like they go it's like the uh we're living like the south park bit where it's like member berries it's like Ah, I remember. Like, <laughs> oh, just like yeah. shit, like they're constantly feeding us like shit like that. Where it's like even like Stranger Things, that's like set in a time, you know, like for nostalgia. It's like you know people that will grew up in that time could watch it and go, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that. Everything's just sprinkled with it. Like absolutely, I was doing it right though. To be fair, I think Stranger Things like that's how to take a bit of the past and make it something new, as opposed to just, like making a sequel that's just like completely mundane and boring. Yeah, I hear you there. And it's 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 all balance and balance is tricky on a societal level because like, you know, nobody's going to say like, hey, guys, we're making a, a nostalgia movie. Um, and then nobody else is going like, oh, OK, we'll hold off on ours then. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's not going to happen. So it's it's tr like I would never like look at one individual nostalgia based thing and be like, that's bad because nostalgia bad, you know, it's it's more about like the the trend across the whole and that's where i get too dumb to really understand what's going on and i go i don't know i don't know guys i don't know oh yeah i think it's like a mixture of like because like at the moment i mean like i feel like we've been hit with so much shit like we have covid we've got obviously the ukraine situation going on now i think yeah. in a way like some of it's like Hey guys, yeah, but remember when you wasn't like all collectively shitting yourself over these like over these things so it's like, oh, like yeah yeah it's like it's just to sort of take your brain away from it for like five minutes because you're there like oh yeah, yeah yeah i remember when that when that happened that was great like, yeah so i think it's a mixture of that whereas like i feel like we kind of we crave it because it's like they don't we don't really want to live like at the moment like there's a lot of shit going on in the present that we don't want to focus on there's nice stuff that happened in the past but then yeah. we're also collectively also shitting ourselves about the future so we just go yeah Right. Instead of just like living in both, I'll just like remember this for now. Like yeah. just to sort of take my mind off that. Yeah. Cause like right. be, being like an adult as well, I think we all crave that sort of childhood innocence, you know, where time seems to stand still. But, you know, you can never chase that again. You've just got sort of got to, I think, just come to terms with where, where things are now and just sort of embrace a bit of the past, but just sort of, you know, be ready for the future as well. Always you might be mm -hmm. a bit. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I'm no one going with this. <laughs> yeah. So, still on sort of like the the uh, the new album. What would you say was the biggest sort of challenge that you faced whilst writing the album? Um, or is is as well? Is there any new elements that we are going to see in this album that we haven't seen before in a Cardashev release? 
Yeah, lots. Um, this album is this album. So I, I think that this this album is one of our strongest things we've created that we've written. Um, but it was hard. This was a hard album to do. And, you know, I can't I can't speak for the other guys. I know that a big difficulty, especially for Nico, was the logistics. Um, you know, you talked about a drummer living three hours away. Our drummer lives in Canada. Um, so like, you know, there's us before being like, oh, 30 minute drive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he lives in, uh, he lives, he lives near, uh, Vancouver. And so we're like down here in the cactus and the dust and he's up there and like, you know, the Pacific Northwest, amazing sushi up there. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> so good. But, um, you know, the, the logistics was really hard for him. For me, it was the, a lot of the singing, to be honest with you, because, you know, coming coming from the Bearing of Shadows, which was the EP we released prior to this, there's one song where I really belted and gave a lot of bravado uh, in a song called Snow Sleep. And I had intended for that to just be like a flavor. Um, and like, I, I knew my way around belting, like I got it, you know, but uh, people loved it. People were like, oh, this is this is great. And like, you know, while it's true that we don't really like write for the fans, we do like, you know, like everybody, if somebody's like, yo, dude, you make amazing nachos. The next time they come over, you're going to be like, maybe I should make nachos again because they really like them, you know? <laughs> um, so, so the album is just dense uh, with, with a lot of, with a lot of belting, with a lot of powerful singing and uh, learning how to, cause it's one thing to like belt a note and it's another thing to like belt, maintain a melody, hold, hold the balance and everything. And so I, I really pushed myself, I think in a couple songs, a little too hard to be quite honest. Um, there, there are two songs where you can hear that I'm reaching outside of my comfort zone a little bit and it's a little bit shouty, a little bit strainy. Nobody has noticed so far. So, uh, <laughs> hell yeah. The people who do know the people who like, like the, like the other vocal coaches and stuff, they'll be like, you're straining a little bit and I'll be like, fuck yeah, I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, the singing, the singing was so, it was so tricky because it's something that I wasn't comfortable with. And you know, if this album does super well, I'm stuck with it and then I'll, I'll have to do it forever. Um, so that's kind of like, it's kind of intimidating a little bit, but I think overall, um, it came, it, it came, came across really well. And I was lucky that, you know, Nico, who does all of our recording, we don't have to pay for studio time. So he, he was very patient. He was like, you know, Hey, if we got to do 40 takes, we'll do 40 takes. It's no big deal. There were some, there were some sections where like, there were no one takes to be had that day. That's for sure. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, Cause I feel as well when, especially like if you're recording vocals, it can take so much out of you. Like I remember when my band, re right. We, when we recorded our first track, um, mm -hmm. our producer, Adam, I, there were like these highs I kept having to, I, I kept doing, I've always like naturally gone for, um, you know, like just lower fry. Um, just because that's my comfort zone, but I thought, oh, I'll take myself out of the comfort zone. Like we've got kind of black metal sections, you know. I'll I'll do highs, and I was doing my highs, and he kept going. I think you can do higher than that. So I was like really, really pushing, and he's there, like I still think you can do higher. So like, I think if you listen to recorded, you can hear me in some of the high sections, like really fucking straining, like a little bit, like just uh -huh. because it's like I was like really pushing. Like I think it was seven hours. And I think those high sections were like a good portion of it, of just me being like, yeah, you know what? I think I think I can. I think I can. And like knowing I could, but like really like proper trying. Um, no. And I was I, I was sweating because we did it in like winter. We did it in winter, so the heating was cranked up all the way. Sure. Um, so I was also boil like boiling hot from just doing like vocals for seven hours straight. Yeah. 
and like afterwards like they went oh should we go for a beer i'm like i don't really feel social at the moment i just want to go i want to go home <laughs> i don't even want to fucking talk i just want to go to sleep <laughs> oh yeah dude and good job not drinking a beer after seven minutes seven hours of harsh vocals Smart oh yeah um, well, I, I had a wow. <laughs> i had a big massive like uh tub of water that was i made sure i'd like warmed up to room temperature so it wasn't too cold wasn't too warm and just kept it like kept it like that um, I was just drinking that the entire. I, I went through the. I think it like a couple like, like two liters, and I went through an entire like entire bottle of that. Oh hell yeah! So, Dude, yeah, that's, it was. That's the way, and and you're right. Like it takes so much out. Like my my longest recording. I think I think you've got me beat. My longest recording session that I remember was six hours. So I think you've got me beat by an hour. Um, but yeah, after it, it's like you know, no offense to anybody, but I don't want to see anyone's fucking face for the rest yeah. of the day. I want to, yeah. I want to sit in. Oftentimes, one of the things that I do after like a heavy recording session, especially now that we would just record where I live, is Nico will leave, and then I just go and I just sit in a hot shower, and I'm just surrounded by steam, and I'm just like, existentially like just. Bruh you know because it's so draining you, you you have to be so aware of your body oh right? yeah and it's it's more than you're used to and so like hyper awareness of like your laryngeal placement your ribs your soft palate blah, 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 all these things you're just like i just want to not exist for a little while so i feel you i feel you entirely oh yeah i, I think so like when i was doing the highs we had like the mic positions a little bit higher so like i could like really stretched out i don't know i found like stretching out sort of helped me a little bit weirdly i don't know why um yeah why yeah. because yeah. i didn't i didn't like crouching down like i don't know i think like just kind of opening up helps a little yeah. bit but producers yeah. will do that man producers will do that they'll be like hmm i'm so focused on getting this sound we're gonna get you in like a super weird unnatural stance <laughs> and uh uh, uh, I'm not gonna be worried about you straining. Uh, here we go. Boo. You know, I mean, hey, I bet it sounds dope. You'll have to send me. You'll have to send me that track so I can check it out. But I, bet I will it say, sick. I will say it now. I'm not a massive fan of him because I'm like, it was. I, f I think I've, I've practiced a little bit more, and like I've been like, I could have done way better there, and like, <laughs> okay. so like it's been like a year since it it was released. So now I just listen to it back, being, and I hate the lyrics because we re basically restructured the entire song in the studio it was like a five mm. five minute song got restructured to two minutes and none of the lyrics i had fit so all of them like sort of either off the top of my head or from my, my bandmates being at the back going what if you say this next that sounds good and he's like okay yeah well we paid for the studio time i'm not gonna waste it so sure. <laughs> like, just yeah 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 so now looking back on it that i can hear a lot of the places i fucked up a lot of places that i could have done better and a lot of the places I, I don't like and would have done, just completely just not done. So oh, yeah. it's it, I've very critiqued, I've critiqued myself on it and like really thought, ah, oh, no. Nah. So for the next track, I'm just doing like everything the opposite to how I did there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll do that forever though. Like I listened back to Liminal, right? Um, and, you know, most songs I'm like, ah, I should have done that different or, oh, that high that low ah, I could have opened up a little bit better I could have done this a little so that's just going to be your life that's just the life of a vocalist oh yeah I, I, I said, I, I've, we, when we spoke to vocalists in the past like we've always talked about like how hard it is to be like completely satisfying because even after that re recording session I listened to the premix going you know but I just wish I had like one more day to record those vocals and had more yeah. time to sit on it because it was like yep. push and go <laughs> Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I don't think you can ever listen to it back and think, oh yeah, that was perfect. Cause no, you're you always going to critique mm -hmm. it. 
you never can. What one of the most important lessons I learned that I applied to my my uh, studio time and everything. I actually learned when I was a painter, not like an artistic painter, like paint and drywall. Um, yeah, I was learning how to patch holes uh, in in the wall. I was working for uh, the university where I went, Northern Arizona University, and um, the guy who was training me. You know, you 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 mix the mud right the 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 seal and you you put it on there and you got you, you've only got so much time to smooth it out right and if you keep going the the texture of the mud gets a little ripped it gets like some chatter on it and you can't fix it you gotta just walk away and so i remember being like i remember being like oh no like i'm doing this wrong it's kind of it's kind of uneven and the guy who was training me was like you gotta walk away it's done now and i remember being like that's a good life lesson sometimes you just gotta walk away you got to accept that that's where it's going to be and you just move along, move along with it. So yeah, it's one of those instances for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yep. So now that you guys have, um, you sort of coined the term deaf gaze. Um, was that like a natural progression for the bands um, or did it start with an idea of, you know, with the immersion of shoegaze and then the rawness of death metal? Um, I read like an interview, uh, I don't know if it was you or yourself or a different member was saying that you guys are sort of creating this deaf gaze sound. Yeah um there's a eh, there's a lot there's there's kind of a lot to it so um i am not sure that we like coined or invented there was an article that got released uh, that um said that i was claiming to inv have invented it i have that's what never, i read so i wanted to get you yeah, to <laughs> i have never claimed to have invented any genre um i went and i read that article and i was like i'm learning a bunch of things about myself that i didn't know how fortunate <laughs> um um now i will say that we wear the like so there there have been other bands i think that have been called death gaze before I, I i'm not confident that we're the first um and there are certainly bands that we that we sound like however um, I will say that we we do very much wear the genre on our sleeve, right? Um, and that I'm totally down with. You know, um, uh, Archspire had like, I think they still do, but they had all their shirts that were like, stay tech, tech death. You know, the, they yeah, were never yeah. claiming that they invented tech death, but they were wearing the genre very much forward. And that we are definitely doing because um, you just don't hear a lot of people use the term death gaze a lot. And like, I do think that our sound is different enough to where we 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 can't really be considered deathcore. We can't really be considered uh, uh, death metal. We've certainly got some proggy elements. We've certainly got some post metal and some post black metal elements. But I think I think this sound is different enough to warrant us utilizing the term death gaze. Uh, but the claims that like we're the only death gaze band or that no one has ever sound like us or that we invented the genre those things i don't agree with <laughs> i don't i think it's just wrong with it to be honest like yeah i'm mark i am um, invented the death gaze <laughs> oh god i know and, and, yeah and like like i told y'all i don't even write the majority of the music so for me mm -hmm. to say i invented a genre if 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 the genre was invented which it was not um it would be nico because he does he does the majority of the writing i do yeah. i do really like the genre tag though because I think it does describe our music pretty well. Like it's aggressive enough to have like the death from deathcore and death, death metal in there. Cause like we do still sometimes have the breakdowns of deathcore and we do still have the aggression of death metal, but then like the gaze part obviously comes from shoe gaze. And like, if you were to AB like put Kardashev, a Kardashev song and then a shoe gaze song right next to each other, they, it, 
it wouldn't be like super apparent that like, oh yeah, they, they've, they've got shoegaze elements, but we take a lot of inspiration from shoegaze with like yeah. open ambient sections, things being one of the biggest criticisms that we get, which we're never going to change is that we're a little bit washed out, right? A little bit more reverb than people are sometimes comfortable with a little bit more ambient, um, you know, tremolo picking or, or like, you know, movement of sound than people are comfortable with, but that's, that's what we like. Right. And those inspirations do come from like shoegaze and, um, and like post black metal and, and, and things like that. So I think the, I think the genre works and I do like the fact that we wear it forward a little bit, but, um, other, other bands can be death gaze too. You know, <laughs> it's, it's cool though. Cause I mean, like it's got this nice sort of vibe to the music where, you know, I can headbang to it. I can cook to it. I can, you know, it's just so it's, it's as relaxing as it is brutal. So I yeah. think that's kind of important and it's, um, it's not just one dimensional in that sense. It's like sure. many layers. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going for. So I'm really glad to hear it. I'm really glad to hear that. That's awesome. Oh yeah. It, I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's a, definitely, it's a very interesting mix. Um, what, what with what you're going for. Um, I really like the sort of shoegazy inspired stuff that's coming out. Like we've, obviously we've got like a black metal artist mixing shoegaze in there as well. Um, and yeah. I, I, I think like, it's nice because it's, it's nice to have something other than just screaming happening while she, while she like, sort of listen to music um so yeah that, that i think it is what you're going for is a very interesting sound and i, I really like it um one thing i kind of want to sort of gain to is i've been noticed obviously on your socials uh, for the band and everything like that it feels like there's a very consistent and concise um sort of focus on the image of pre like obviously a promo in this album um what mm -hmm. sort of the thought process is behind behind those sort of um techniques that you use into obviously promo as well as like the eye itself who designed it and, and stuff like that um if you can sort of go into that yeah for sure so uh as far as like the the mindset behind marketing um this is our first major release on metal blade we had a re-release of the bearing of shadows that was just a three song like demo really that's like it, it wasn't like a huge thing was that three songs or was it four shit it's our own thing and i remember maybe it was four <laughs> i don't know but it was small Right. And, and it did, you know, it didn't get a lot of traction as we expected because it's a re-release, right? I mean, it did well for what it was, um, but this is our first big release. So a lot of what we're doing is we're actually just taking Metal Blade's lead. We're saying like, okay, Metal Blade, y'all have been, I, I'm pretty sure Metal Blade has been around since before I was born. Um, I was born in 88 and I think Metal Blade started in 83. Um, and uh, I was like, and so we're all like, you, you know exactly what you're doing. And so they'll make a lot of suggestions to us and we, we follow that um like this interview for example um you know metal blade will email us uh you know and they'll be like hey here's the here's the calendar who can take these they're requesting you they're requesting you and like i'll move my lessons around as needed just to just to make it work um in addition to that nico has been working really hard to make some of the artwork make some of the promos um and uh and uh really really um kind of push we have like a discord that's just for the band members and the metal blade peeps and you know we'll talk strategy and the goal is to just get it out as to as many people as possible to have yeah. the biggest splash possible um and we don't know what kind of splash it's going to be because this is new territory for us but i think i think it'll be the biggest we've had so far um now as far as the artwork 
uh, that was a really, really cool situation. So uh, we we initially reached out to um, the the guy who did the artwork for the Bearing of Shadows. His name is, I don't know his last name. I know his first name is Carl. The last initial is E. And I mostly know him as Existential Yogurt or Yogurt because that's his tag on Instagram. <laughs> so when we when we talk about him in the band, we call him Yogurt because that's that's his that's what I know him as. That's pretty cool. But um, we gave him the concept and what we wanted it to look like, and he was like, "Hey guys, like so." Um, and this is the mark of a very of a very good professional. He was like, "Hey guys, I see the vision. That's not really me. That's not my style. Um, but let me recommend to you somebody who can really help out." Um, and uh, Carl and and the woman who did our, our artwork for this album, Faith Valoro, they both live in the Philippines. And so they 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 just networked. I, I think they're friends or something. And uh, so we reached out to to her and she was like, oh, totally. I got this. And so she made us, you know, a sort of mock up and uh, it looked awesome. And we just went with it. Right. Um, and uh, she did it. She did. She did a crazy crazy good job it's beautiful and that's kind of why we've made it so heavy in the promo because we're like damn these paintings are good mm. you know at least they look good to us right and people seem to like them so yeah the the forefront of the artwork is it's just because we're proud of we're proud we're proud of the work she did yeah oh yeah oh yeah definitely he's so very, obviously he's very much a striking striking painting um yeah, I, yeah. I noticed like it immediately when obviously i looked at you guys spotify um because it's like it stands out from your previous releases like really well as well. It um, does, yeah. So yeah, it is very, it is a very beautiful piece. Cool. Yeah, well, I'm glad you think so. I'm glad you think so. Oh yeah. So obviously you're the gut of reactions and breaking down certain songs and vocal patterns. Has it been like one vocalist in particular that you can say you think is the best? Like you know that they've got the techniques all down. Like you think they're really like leading the way for like. Not how metal vocalists and vocal lines should be, but just who you're like a personal fan of and you think that they're just changing the game completely. You know, that's a hard one because I actually don't think that there's a such thing as like a best. Um, yeah. You know, sorry, there's there's some jets. Go I live right by the airport and there's some jets going over. <laughs> <It's> so okay. <laughs> no hopefully that's not getting picked. Hopefully that's not getting picked up over the. Um, over it's not too bad here. Okay, cool. Um, I, I think objectively, there's no way to say that someone is the best um, really at anything, unless you have like two people literally next to each other and you're only comparing them. But like, for mm -hmm. example, um, my favorite metal vocalist is Travis Ryan. He would not be the best pick for like, you know, a sub in for Josh Groban, mm -hmm. right? Like that mm -hmm. would be a, that would be, unless he's got some chops I'm not aware of, that would be a bad choice, right? So, you know, also, sometimes, like, sure, there's a vocalist who has a bajillion different techniques, but then there's another vocalist who only uses, like, two, but fuck, they use them so well. So, for me, I'm really impressed by a vocalist when I feel like they are writing for the song and when they are yeah. writing for their voice versus um, just doing stuff on top of the song. Um that being said, some vocalists that I think do that really well are Travis Ryan, uh, Courtney LaPlante, I think does it really, really well. Um, she's kind of in a space where a lot of vocalists, in my opinion, are a little samey. Um, you know, you know exactly which note they're going to sing before they sing it every time. Uh, she, I don't have that experience with very much. I, I feel like she's really writing for the music and for herself, which is cool. Um, yeah, so uh, Travis Ryan, um, Courtney LaPlante. I think Dickie Allen's doing a really good, good job too, because like, uh, 
a lot of people like he just kind of like having spoken with him he just kind of gets in there and experiments and has fun and is not really thinking about like you know what's the cool thing what's the trend he's just like what if i plug my nose while i scream i don't fucking know and that <laughs> that music asks for that type of experimentation right so i think you know if you were just to ask oh alex tan as well from black tongue um oh he's yeah. he's insane he's insane insane because yeah. i've seen black tongue twice live oh really and like I always, like, there was always a, a skeptic part of me going, okay, you know, like how much of this is like production trick trickery and how sure. much is it? And then when I saw him live, I was there, like, Jesus fucking crap. Like it, it is, fills a room. I, I would honestly bet that guy doesn't really even need a microphone sometimes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. geez, it's, it's just so impactful. Like it's like insane. Yeah, he's wild. I would love to have him on the channel um i don't know if we've ever reached out to him but if they if they drop anything new i'm gonna be like hey buddy um <laughs> how you doing how you doing right yeah those are the first that come to mind i think oh yeah i think it's like it's very layered in sort of like when you when you look at it in in screaming and well just singing in general like there's certain techniques that sort of like just some people do better it might just even be down to just like anatomy anatomy um mm -hmm. And it's just like, it, I think it's so hard to be like, they're the definitive best person yeah. in metal right now. Because it's like, it's like, yeah, but this guy can do this. It's like, yeah, but this guy can do that. It's like, it'll just constantly be a back and forth of like, oh yeah, but you know, like this guy's technique on this sick like bit, like on his, on this scream is way better than this guy. But it's like, but that guy's high, is that better than that guy? It's like, it's just going to constantly be like that. Oh, yeah. Subjective, I suppose. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's very subjective. And you know, the funny thing is like, you would think that with my career and what I do for YouTube, I would have really strong opinions on who's best, but I've never really known how to breach, breach those conversations. Like, I don't know how to have them. Like, like I'll be hanging out with friends and they'll be like, they'll be like, Hey Mark, do you like Star Trek? And I'm like, yeah, I love Star Trek. And they'll be like, Oh, I don't really like it. I think Star Wars is better. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I, cool. Like, and if like people start arguing over which is better, I'm usually just sitting there being like, this is so stupid neither of you can prove that one is better and all the things you're saying are just describing your preferences versus like an objective argument as to why why one is better so you know if somebody were to ask me like mark who's better dickie allen or will ramos the only answer i could give is who i enjoy listening to more i i couldn't really say yeah. who's better because it's like they're different bands they're different vocalists they're different people and like what value is this conversation really really bringing to the table you know oh yeah definitely. So i think yeah. i think the best way i i sort of judge it is like how much do they sound like if i just listen to their vocals no instrumentals how quickly would it take me to recognize that it's that vocalist sure. i think that's how i differentiate it sort of because it's like there's some people that are really unique and you can listen to them and go that is straight away know who they are but yeah. there's also some people that blur into like the the sort of like the atmosphere of just that's how metal that's just how those vocalists should be in like metalcore for example you know it's like everyone kind of tries to like sort of copy in Sam Carter in some ways or depending on what sort of type of metalcore you go for but like some people like try replicating like the guy that they listen to the most but don't ever really focus on yeah but how can I make it sound like me yeah so that's how I, think, I that's how i judge it normally i think if you were gonna have a metric that would actually be a pretty good one um that would be a pretty good one how 
how much do they stand out as far as tone? Like, do they sound like other people? Um, that was a strategic pause because I got to piss. Um, no worries, no worries. That's all good. So that, that, strategic, <laughs> that strategic pause will let you cut this out really easily. So I'll be back in like, I don't know, a minute. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll book, we'll book the merch after this. Well, it's just sending off an email, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like, I, I hope they respond to the one because it's been a month now, so I don't know if they'll... But then again, I don't think they're getting a lot of business through the printing at the moment. I think that's why they kind right. of like they, they email back so quickly. Um, but it's pretty cool. Like, we only live... We, obviously, you only live around the corner. So. Have you already prepared the email then? No, I haven't prepared it, but... It's. I mean, it's literally just a case of us going. Yeah, that that quote's great. You know, we'll we'll go with that. Um, We've already done that, haven't we? No, I haven't. I haven't said that yet. Because I didn't want to go. You said what the quote is, didn't you? Yeah, I've got the quote from him, but I wasn't gonna say. Yeah, that quote's great, and then get an invoice through going. Oh, but we can't pay it yet. Do you know what I mean? Like. All right. Okay. So yeah, but we like, can go. We can go ahead a bit after this then. We'll just sort of send the email and then. Does it come out straight away? You just gotta pay the invoice. No, really. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm back. Hey. Hey. Right. Should we uh, do a clap, Brad, just to sync up the audio? Yep. Yeah. Boom. So yeah. Um. So sort of getting to the end point of the interview now. Um. One way that we always like to leave it is. What would, advice would he give to your younger self? And what advice would he give to like a new vocalist starting out? To my younger self and to a new vocalist starting out. Um, oh, goodness, to my younger self. That would, that, would assume, that would assume that my current self knows what the fuck I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I think to my younger self, I would say be a little bit more diligent with like practicing regularly vocally just to kind of keep it on topic because um i definitely like at the beginning of like kardashev was the vocalist who i only practiced when we had an album we were writing beyond that you know i'd go i'd go stretches of months not making any sort of distortion whatsoever and i think that had i practiced you know more consistently then some of the things on this album would have been a little easier um but then at the same point like what can you do? We're here now. Um, and then for like a new vocalist, this is my biggest thing. This is, this is, well, I've got a couple, but like, don't give a shit about sounding good for the first like six months to a year. Like do not care about sounding good. Focus on comfort and control, right? Comfort and control. Those are the most important things. Cause if like, like if I just do this, uh, hey, uh, like, let me ask you guys point blank. Honest answer. Does that sound like cool? <laughs> no, not really. Right? Like if somebody was like, yo guys, how's my false chord? Hey, uh, uh. You know, you'd be like, it's definitely a false chord and it sounds really steady and healthy. <laughs> and the fact that it sounds steady and healthy and in control, that is all that matters at the beginning point. Yep. Um, also be very, um, be very, I don't want to say skeptical, but just have an ear out for any advice that you get on the internet. Um, there is some really good advice on the internet. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who's like, you know, trying to like 
passively make myself like a, a pillar of metal vocals. There are great instructors out there that are not me. However, there are also uh, videos on the internet that you can tell somebody found a way to make it work for themselves, but they don't actually understand the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't understand the thing they're doing. Yeah, they see long term. They are so specific. A chance they're going to help anybody. Um, in addition to that, some things just are terrible advice. Like I saw a TikTok the other day. The guy literally said, he literally says, now and I'll cut him some black because he said at the beginning of the video, hey, I'm not a vocal coach, but he said, if it hurts at first, that's totally normal because you need to build the tissue. Why? No, like no vocal technique requires scar tissue. And he had thousands of comments being like, thanks, dude, this is so helpful. And I was just like, no, but no, no, no scar tissue on your vocal folds. That is very, very, very bad. Um, so yeah, new vocalists be skeptical. Uh, but also the internet, the internet's a good place for information. Just think about it before you just start like repeating what you hear from somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I think like that's such a, an interesting point. Cause like, I think the, the worst advice I ever got was something very similar where I approached this guy that I knew did vocals for a little bit and but ah, oh, how do you do them? He goes, well, I'm just like, I've, what you gotta learn is you gotta at least throw your voice out like twice um before you can you can really get like good at it. And I was like, oh well me throwing my voice out must be normal then. <laughs> and when I actually started looking into it, I'm like, no, I'll really fucking my voice up by doing that. Um so like it, there's so many bad there's so much bad advice like people yeah. can throw around where it's like, yeah, no, mate, trust me. I know this shit do that and you're there like okay and then you then you years later i think that i think a year after that i was like ah oh, mm-hmm. i've been doing it wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like yeah and you no know worse feeling sometimes people you know and, and then you know the obvious rebuttal to this is like well mark you're a guy on the internet why should anybody trust you implicitly and i'm like they should not right they should watch my videos they should watch somebody else's videos you know they should get on Wikipedia or, or like, you know, Google scholar or just, you know, um, Ken hub has a, it's, it's a, it's like, um, like an, an educational website. They've got anatomy diagrams and descriptions, like go look at that and compare it to what I'm saying and what these other people are saying. Like, I hope that nobody watches my videos and just implicitly believes everything I say without question. Like I'm not going to be offended if someone's skeptical of me and they, they dig around just to, you know, just to make sure that I'm at least, I'm at least mostly like 90% right. Right. That's, that's, that's the goal. So yeah, that's my advice. Oh yeah. That's, that's good oh. advice. That's good advice. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on, by the way. Um, like I said, me and Nathan have watched tons of your videos. Um, we're loving the direction of the new album. Um, I can't wait to listen to it in full and the local concept sounds pretty fun as well. Um, so yeah, honestly, thank you. And, uh, Maybe I'll have to come take a lesson sometime. Yeah, for sure. Hey, you can, <laughs> or we can just do it over the internet like I normally do. But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me, uh, you know, an opportunity to kind of highlight the channel and the album. And uh, yeah, yeah, email me, email me your bands and your projects and stuff because I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see, I'll see what's going on. It's so, it's always interesting. The people who, who do the interviews often have projects themselves, and oftentimes they're pretty good too. So, it's always fun to learn new music and things like that. 
Oh yeah, I, I, honestly, this has been so surreal for me because I, I'm not even. When Brad messaged me saying, "Oh, obviously we got you on," um, I was kind of fangirling a little bit, being like, "Oh my god," because <laughs> I've literally watched your videos religiously for years. Awesome. <laughs> like, so honestly, thank you so much for coming on because it's genuinely been like one of, like my my most anticipated interview for like such a long time <laughs> wow so, yeah. well yeah for sure you're welcome i i had a great time great interview lots of fun not a lot a good conversation yeah it was great i liked it no yeah it's been education as well definitely learned a few things as well so thank yeah, you for sure and i will no definitely problem, be uh be getting a, a lesson sometime because i, do, I <laughs> definitely sure. need them <laughs> for sure yeah. Dude. yeah i'll be happy to help no worries but yeah um but yeah it's been great having you on um so yeah take care awesome. all the best take, 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 take care, care guys thanks